Hey Trailblazers, it's Jesse, and it's time for another episode of Trailblazing in Agriculture, a podcast for anyone interested in hearing the stories of the agriculture industry's pioneers and innovators. Today, we continue our series sharing the stories of trailblazing women in agriculture. As someone who grew up actively involved in my family's diversified crop and beef cattle operation, I always enjoy visiting with others who are directly involved in production agriculture, whether it's on the crop or livestock side. That's one of the reasons I'm excited for you to hear from today's guest. Catherine Hefty has been raising cattle nearly all her life. Today, she owns and manages a purebred Santa Gertrudis cattle operation near Hondo, Texas. In today's episode, Catherine shares how Hefty Ranch has changed and evolved over the last several decades. She talks about her family's focus on continually improving their cattle's performance and offers encouragement for young people who are starting out in the cattle industry. Catherine, thanks so much for joining us today. Your family's very involved with Santa Gertrudis cattle. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in that? I mean, I know your family's history with the breed dates back to the 1940s, but how Mm -hmm. did your family get started raising Santa Gertrudis, Catherine? My uncle, uh, Dunlap Harper, was one of the charter members of the uh, Santa Gertrudis breed. And I guess he started raising Santa Gertrudis in 1944. My family just had crossbred cattle until my brother and I decided to show some cattle in our 4-H program. We were looking for show heifers, so we called up my uncle and and got some Santa Catrudas heifers. That's kind of where it started. Um, you know, we just really enjoyed the youth program in the breed and made a lot of friends. And eventually, my parents uh, kind of sold off the crossbred cattle and, and purchased Santa Catrudas in their place. So that's how we got going. You mentioned that your parents transitioned the cattle business to you and your brothers, and I believe um, that was maybe in the mid-90s. What did that transition look like, and how have you and your brother continued to work together over the years? Yeah, I guess after after we were both out of college and, and had families, my parents went ahead and, and transferred the cattle to our name, and we took over that business. And we've always just uh, enjoyed the partnership and and. I've had some cattle up here in Hondo, and he runs the cattle down there at our, our home base in Aladulce. We've always just gotten along really well and, and worked it out together. And so you have two separate locations, correct? Right. We currently do. You know, I guess, you know, until I got married, we were both down in Aladulce, down which is near Alice, Robstown, kind of in that triangle there. We were both down there, and then I got married and moved up to Hondo. And my husband and I purchased some land and and we put the cattle there. How does Hefty Ranch look different than it did, you know, when you first got started with Santa Gertrudis and then in the seventies? Well, a lot different (laughs) for one, we're spread out. We now have cattle in Hondo and we, and, and still at the home base down in Old We have a lot more cattle and, and we're just more involved, intensively involved in it. In the past, I guess, when I was growing up, it was kind of a, um, the cattle were just kind of a additional to the farming. Um, you know, they would graze off the uh, leftover stubble and whatnot. So they were secondary to the farming as a family business. Now, the way my brother and I are operating it, they're kind of the, the foremost, foremost part of the business. When you were growing up or showing cattle and then going on to college, and then maybe even after that, did you and your brother talk about 
you know, like that this is what life would look like, that you would both have, you know, your operations and that Hefty Ranch would grow to be the operation that it is today? Was that kind of on the the dream list, Catherine? I think it was always on my dream list, you know, but you just never know. I mean, you know, when you're in college, what life is going to hold for you. So, but yeah, I've, I've always wanted to come back and specialize in the cattle. I, I did study animal science at Texas A&M, hoping to use that. So it did work out. In addition to you and your brother and your families, um, I imagine that as your operation has grown and changed, you've needed additional help. And I think that's where your ranch foreman um, also plays an integral part of your operation and its success. Can you tell us a little bit about him and his role in the operation, Catherine? The operation, basically, our, our, our business was pretty much on autopilot while I, while I had kids and they were growing up. You know, that was more my focus than the cattle. But then once they got a little older, really started focusing on, on the cattle and, and growing that business and improving cattle. And about that time, uh, Kate Bigpin is, is the foreman's name. He came along and, and he had done some work for me when he was in high school, just a helping hand at the cattle ranch. And, and you know, we got along great and he's real good hand. He's grown up around cattle. His grandfather runs a cell barn in Pearsall near here so he's he's had so much hands-on experience which is hard to find and uh, I guess we just meshed really well in our visions once he was able to start helping me and and having that extra extra hands and extra help um, we've really been able to expand the business one of the things about your family and your involvement with cattle and specifically Santa Gertrudis is your focus on improving the performance of your cattle. Why has that focus on performance been a priority for you and your family? My dad was always big into uh, the, the performance side of it and, and, you know, measuring the cattle to determine how they perform. You know, I think if you want to breed cattle, that's, you know, you've got to be willing to do that and you have to be interested in that. You've got to want to improve them. You know, that's why it's so important for us just to make sure we're moving forward. In terms of measuring that performance, what traits are you looking at and what sort of measurements are you taking? Whatever we can measure, we measure, (laughs) you know, I mean, it started out with gain tests and uh, measuring the weaning weights and, and growth and, and that kind of thing. And, and it's progressed. Now we do marbling and ribeye area and just trying to keep records on everything we can. Fertility, udder scores, feet and legs. I just try to write it all down because it, it all will come in handy eventually. I'd imagine that that takes a lot of time to gather all that information and to record that what would you say to someone who says, oh, it just takes too much time. I don't have the time to do it. What would you say to encourage them that they should take that time to do that, Catherine? Well, I, I'm still struggling with it myself. You know, I, those 10 million sheets of little paper that you write down stuff on, where did I put it? And, but um, I think if you can get in the habit, you know, Kay does really well at, at carrying around a, a calendar and just writing everything that he sees for the day, kind of like a journal. And I think that's, that's brilliant and something we can all learn from. It's amazing. Sometimes we think like, oh, I'll remember that. But if you don't write it down, sometimes it's very easy to forget that. So it's that's a very good easy to forget, especially when you've got years and years of cattle that you're trying to remember and you get one confused with another. And yeah, so mm-hmm. you have to write it down. 
Technology obviously continues to advance at a rapid pace. How do you utilize technology to make sure that your cattle are as efficient and productive as possible? Well, we, we do keep all those records online now. Use Cattle Max and we always use spreadsheets and that kind of thing to, to keep track of all these records. But, but it's nice that we now have systems that we can purchase that actually do that for us that technology is, is helping. And, and now, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to get the, the uh, newest deals where you wave the wand and you get all the information as the cattle go through the shoot. So hopefully we'll upgrade to that pretty soon. I bet it's fun. I mean, for all producers, but as you think back to what it looked like when you were collecting data and that information in those early years and how it has transformed, like you said, now to being able to just kind of wave the magic wand and get all that information. Yeah. Like I say, I still don't have that. I still sit there with my pen and pencil, but, um, but eventually, hopefully we will have that. Christmas is coming. So maybe (laughs) (laughs) those magic wands are pretty expensive. (laughs) What about ultrasound and DNA testing and all of that, Catherine, are you guys doing a lot of that too? We are, you know, we do the ultrasound. We've been doing the ultrasound for years now. Um, probably the last 10 years, we do all our heifers and, and our bulls at about one year of age. The DNA collection, we're phasing that in. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty big expense. So we basically just do the ones that are, we're retaining in the herd or the ones that we put in, in cattle in high-end cells, consignment cells. In addition to some of that data collection, we often hear about like steer feed out programs and gain tests that producers can participate in to capture that additional performance data. Do you participate in any of those type of activities with your cattle, Catherine? We gain test all of our bulls that we're going to retain um, and some that don't make the cut get gain tested too. That's part of our, our selection criteria is how they do on the gain test. We also feed out steers ourselves. We do probably about 25 head of steers, we retain ownership and feed them out and we uh, get the carcass information on those steers. We've also participated in the SGBI feed out in the past. We didn't do it the past two years because it it just hasn't, uh, the timing hasn't been correct, but that's a great program and and we hope to, to get back in that. Through your many years of performance testing and data collection on and your overall experience with the Santa Gertrudis breed, what changes have you witnessed specifically in terms of the quality of the cattle, Catherine? Oh, it's been, it's been an amazing transformation, I think. Um, but I think that's happened throughout the cattle business. You know, all cattle seem to be really on, on the road to improvement. If you go back and look um, at the trends we've gone through and, and hopefully we're on a right path, but I'm sure we will go to extremes again, like we always do. But um yeah, I mean, we're really pleased with where we are now, just selecting on performance. The cattle look a, look a lot better than they did just a few years ago. It's amazing what that attention to detail and focusing on some of those things can really do that you can actually see that transformation over the course of years. Is that focus on performance, Catherine, what led you to partner with Straight Ranches to launch the Straight Hefty Tried and True sale back in 2018? Yes, the straight ranches and hefty ranch um, share a common vision. You know, I think we we depended on performance records as well as visual determination on on getting the cattle where we want them to be. It's it's a good partnership in that we we do have a common vision of a balanced type animal. 
the idea of hosting an annual production sale something had been a longtime dream for you? Not really, um, but it it was the logical next step. So, um, you know, it, it is pretty overwhelming. I'm thankful that we were able to do it in partnership with with Straits because that took a lot of, of pressure off, you know, having at least you have somebody, a partner to, to lean on and uh, share your ideas with. So, but but yeah, it, it worked out well and, and I'm glad we did it and look forward to continuing it. Difficult and challenging are two words that are commonly used to describe the year of 2020. Despite those challenges, you still managed to host the third annual sale in October. How did the sale look different this year, Catherine? You know, we were surprised that as many people showed up as they did. You know, we did focus on social distancing and and making sure, you know, and and it's a great location because everything is outdoors and um, the weather was great. We were lucky that everybody could be outside. And I think everybody was looking for something to do after being cooped up. So we, we did have a large crowd. It didn't seem to affect our attendance. The quality of the cattle that are offered at your sale continues to improve each year. And this year was no exception. And I think in the sale catalog, you said this year's sale offering was the best yet. Tell me about this year's sale. Were you pleased with the results? I know you said attendance wise, you were happy, but um, in terms of the results beyond that, were you happy? Oh yes, every every year we've just been um, so honored that uh, people come and, and buy our cattle and and you know value them the way they do. Um, it, it's made us feel good. It's been it's been really nice, quite the validation. And I'm sure that's a good feeling, like you said, as you've you've grown up with the breed and you've put your heart and soul into raising these cattle, and like you said, to have that validated by these buyers who come out and and purchase your genetics, I bet is a, just a wonderful feeling. We're always humbled by the response. Have you already started thinking about next year's sale? Oh, we're thinking always is like two years in advance. <laughs> you, know, you have to because the cattle you're selling, you're breeding today, you're not going to be selling them for two or three years down the road. So yeah, we're always thinking ahead. What are people going to want and, and what's going to meet our needs? That basically comes to what, what do we want? Because that, I think, what what we want is what other people will want also. As you think about the future and like you, you were talking about breeding those cattle um, and trying to meet those needs, what are some of the things that you're considering and thinking about, Catherine? Right now, I think our, our main focus is fertility. We want to make sure we don't lose any of that as we struggled to bring in other traits. And just some of the things that that I think get lost over time, we're really focusing on udders. We're at a, a point right now where we haven't had rain in a long time and we've had to do a lot of calling. And it, as hard as that is, it, it does give us a chance to really focus on improving the cattle and cutting those ones that this is why you've been taking records all that time. So you'll know which ones, which ones haven't been producing up to par and letting those go. You talked about how it's it's really dry where you are, and I think the area of Texas that you are in is kind of known for being a little bit of a harsher environment um, or just being really hot and dry at times and things like that. How have you seen the cattle just be able to adapt to those conditions, Catherine? That's one of the highlights and, and best things about the Santa Gertrudis breed is their ability to, to adapt and um, you know to go with the extremes in the environment hardest thing about ranching here in, in this part of Texas is 
the ex extremes in the weather, just you go from drought, good years, mostly drought, the cattle have to be able to handle handle it all and you have to be able to find a place to take them when when there's no rain and it's it's hard when you have cattle that you've worked on for so long and and you can't just sell them off and you know when it gets dry so it it's a struggle but um we do find that the years that that are droughty it does force us to improve our herd and it does move us forward quite a bit actually Sometimes having to make those hard decisions under pressure, like you said, can actually result in some positive things. So, exactly, we we try to keep that in mind because it it is it's pretty pretty um it can be unnerving when it's happening. So, but but over the over the course of the years, you look back and you and you realize that it does make you make those hard decisions and and make improvements. And certainly an emotional decision too. I mean, when you think about, you know, the, the time and effort that goes into selecting those genetics, breeding that cow and watching that calf grow up then. And, and so certainly a lot of emotion can probably be involved in those decisions as well. Oh, of course, you know, people, I don't know if they understand how emotionally attached we are to all these cows. Um, you know, I, I've, I've known them, I guess, you know, grandparents and grandmothers and, you know, I know the lineage of where they come from, and I have memories about so many of them, and, and they're not just cattle. So it is hard, you know, when you have to let some go. Your passion for performance testing is further supported by your involvement as the Performance Committee Chair for Santa Gertrudis Breeders International. Can you tell me a little bit about your involvement with that committee and the work that you do on behalf of the SGBI members? Well, the Performance Committee, um, you know, we're just constantly trying to move the breed forward. There is always work to do. It's, it can be, um, it's, it's a difficult job because you, you want to make changes so quick and it doesn't happen that way. You have to slowly move things forward. It can be trying, but um, you try to stay on top of trends, try to stay, you know, ahead of where the industry is and keep, a, keep an eye on where it's going. There's always, always ways to improve the breed. And, and so it, it, it's a big job. Absolutely. And certainly Santa Gertrudis, I feel like has made a lot of advancements and I feel like they're catching the attention of the larger beef industry and expanding its footprint geographically. So that must be exciting uh, to be able to work on behalf of the members and, and represent them, especially on a, on the performance committee. It is, it's exciting. And um, like I say, there's, there's a lot we want to do and, and, Hardest part is that you can't make it happen overnight, but we're making changes and we're getting there and, and it's an exciting time and it, it continues to be an exciting time. You mentioned um, that your uncle was a charter member of the association. So obviously the Hefty family involvement with the breed association dates back many, many years. In addition to the performance committee and your involvement there, how else have you been involved in the association personally, Catherine? One of the things I guess I'm proudest of is is the fact that I helped establish the Better Beef Contest at the National Junior Heifer Show, which is now just the National Santa Gertrudis Show, Junior Show. We started off just taking the ultrasound technology there and um, scanning the, the heifers that were in the age range, and it's it's become a big part of the show. So we're really pleased about that. I guess last year I was involved in... Um, putting together the uh, World Congress, Santa Gertrudis World Congress, and that was a blast. Talked about this a little bit, but in recent years, Santa Gertrudis has really started to gain greater industry attention. 
What do you think the future looks like for the breed, Catherine? You know, we, we have a, a, a lot of positives right now. And, and we've always been here and we've always had positives, but um, I, I think we are being noticed. Um, I think the heterosis that the Santa Cruz offers is something that the industry is really looking at right now. You know, they're constantly looking for ways to improve. And I think it's come to the attention of a lot of people that, that crossing with Boss Indica's type cattle can help the beef industry more than they realized. I think there's been some misconceptions about Boss Indica's cattle and, and those are now being corrected. I think we have a lot to offer and I think the sky's the limit. We can keep continuing to grow the breed beyond the areas. You know, I think it's been assumed that those cattle are just for the South, but, but I think as they look further at us and see what we can do when we're crossed with, with some of these other breeds, there's just a lot that we can accomplish across the United States. As you think about your journey with the breed and the changes that you've made on your operation, what goals do you have for Hefty Ranch moving forward, Catherine? Uh, just to keep improving. Um, we want to stay balanced. You know, we want to be here for the long haul. I think it's important, you know, not to follow the the trends too much, but try to focus on the um, the traits that are economically relevant because that's what our buyers will need and want. You're an excellent example of someone who started you know, very young in the cattle industry. I mean, it's obviously still involved and has had a lot of success over the years. Catherine, what advice do you have for young people, regardless of what breed that they may be involved in? You know, if they're kind of in that position that you were those many years ago, starting off in the cattle industry. Stay involved. You you know, you may not be able to focus on it 100%. Um, You might have to do other jobs and, and focus on other things to uh, pay your way. But, but if you, if you stay involved in agriculture and in the cattle business, it eventually, you know, you, you will be able to hopefully make it, make a difference. Hard work and perseverance pays off. That's right. And it may not always be in the way that you thought it was. I, when I graduated from college, I worked for a uh, bank that led to a video auction, video cattle auction. So, you know, that was not how I intended to be in the cattle business, but I learned so much during that time talking to the ranchers that were buying the cattle on the video. So like I say, if if you want to be involved, just, you know, stay involved, maybe not, you know, owning your ranch like you think your dream is, but, but just stay involved and you'll eventually get to where you want to be. Hard work and perseverance pay off. What a great reminder for all of us, regardless of our age or career path. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of Trailblazing in Agriculture. I hope you enjoyed hearing Catherine's story. Join us again next time as we highlight more trailblazing women in agriculture.